It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. I guess not just another edition, a Monday mailbag edition of the show, which means it is the day that you ask the questions and I give the answers. Really, favorite day of the week. Mondays aren't supposed to be the favorite day of the week, but just because of that, Monday is my favorite day of the week. And I want to ask you to take yourself back in time. Just one week ago, remember when we were in this spot last Monday? I was telling you about the Blue Jackets uh, going on this daunting four-game stretch. And the four games that they were going to have to play in a row, in succession, at home against Toronto, then go to Florida, go to Carolina, and come home and finish off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Daunting, right? Absolutely daunting. And the Blue Jackets started it off great with an overtime win over the Toronto Maple Leafs on home ice. Then they went to Florida and dominated. They didn't just beat. They dominated the Florida Panthers. They dominated the top team in the East. They gave fits to the Florida Panthers, a team who had scored 17 goals in two games against the Blue Jackets in the two previous meetings, was held to three total, while the Blue Jackets put up six. So they beat them in that game. They dominated in that game. They took away so much of what Florida does well, made it so tough on the Florida Panthers, and got the win. So they were 2-0 and in the four games. And then they showed up in Carolina the next night. And unfortunately, you could see it right from the beginning of the game, Just didn't have any jump, didn't have any energy, didn't have the legs. And it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. It was five games and six days or something, whatever it was. Ridiculous stretch. You're playing against these high-powered opponents, and they just didn't have it. And they were still in the game. They were in a tight game with the Carolina Hurricanes, but they ended up losing by the score of four to nothing. So their winning streak came to an end. Patrick Laine's 11-game point streak came to an end all at one time in Carolina on Friday. Saturday was a day off. Last night, the Blue Jackets back at it at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was a typical game against Pittsburgh when it was all said and done. It was a typical game against Pittsburgh. It was a tight game. Blue Jackets were in it. They scored first. Then it got tied. Then they scored again. Then they were up 2-1. to one. It's the third period. 2-1 to one game. They're in it. They're fighting. They're playing a good team defense. You're still playing without Zach Wierenski. Third game in a row without Zach. He got hurt in the Toronto game at the beginning of that stretch that I was talking about earlier. So you're still playing without Zach, but you're playing tight. You have a one-goal lead, but you just know. You just know Pittsburgh's not going to roll over. I don't care if they had lost three out of their last four. They just ground one out the day before at home against the Rangers. You just knew they weren't quitting. They were going to keep coming. They get a power play. They tie the game at two. Five minutes and 47 seconds, I believe, is what was on the clock when the Blue Jackets and the Penguins got to the final media timeout of the third period. 
And I was asked a question. The question was very simple. Will we win or will we lose? Now, I will give you the answer, and you might think I was being a pessimist. The fact of the matter is, I was an experienced realist because I have seen this play before. I've seen this movie before. It's almost like a movie that's bad, but when you're flipping the channels, you see that it's on and you just have to watch it again as if the ending is going to be different, but it's not. So I said, probably lose. And the next question was, in overtime? And the answer was, no, it'll happen before that. And I hate being right. I hate it. But again, I've seen the movie too many times to believe anything different. And lo and behold, what happens? Sidney Crosby scores just over two minutes left. 3-2 Pittsburgh. Blue Jackets challenge the goal, lose the challenge, or shorthanded for the two minutes. Can't get it back to a tie. Lose the game. So in the stretch, the four-game stretch, they went 2-2. Two and two. And that's not bad. It's average, obviously. It's 500. It's average. They did a lot of good things in that stretch. They really did. Did a lot of good things. But it just wasn't good enough. They were on the verge, on the cusp of going 3-1. and one. That would have been really respectable. It's still okay. It's the old uh, good, not great, right? Good, not great. But all they could do is get ready now for the New Jersey Devils who come in here tomorrow. Now, I know, I know that there's a lot of question in your mind about that last goal Sidney Crosby scored. It was controversial. Um, In a way, it was controversial. Maybe in a couple of ways, it was controversial. In any event, um, I'm sure you have your opinions on it. I'm sure you have your questions about it. And before I even get into it, I'll let you ask. I'll let you opine. You can tell me what you think. You can ask me what I think. I'll let you ask before I get into it. Because I don't know if you'll like my answer or you won't. So I'll let you ask. I've had a long time to think about this. I've gone over it a lot of times. Slow motion, super slow motion, the whole nine yards. Had a lot of time to review. I was talk about it right after the game last night. Maybe it's a different answer than I'll give you today. But I will let you opine. I will let you ask. I will let you decide where this is going. It's very simple. So if you're with me on Twitter Spaces, you can just request to be on the show. I'll bring you on. You can ask your question. You can make your comment. You can do whatever you want. Not whatever you want. Not whatever you want. But you understand where I'm going with this. You understand what I mean. But before we get to that, I got an email the other day, and it was before last night's game, I'll tell you that. I got an email from a guy that has been a regular part of this show. He's, he's always been around asking questions. He hasn't been around for a long time, and he sent a question in, so I'm going to kick off today's show by letting him actually lead things off. Hey, Bob. I'm back. It's Cameron Maynard in Fort Sills, Kentucky. I know I haven't caught up to the show in a while. I know it's been about three or four months, but, you know, I'm happy to be back. 
And the thing is, the biggest reason that I haven't caught up in a while is because, let's say, I've had a job that's kept me extremely busy over that time period, but it feels good to be able to call back up now. And I do plan to call up more going forward. It's just that this job has kept me really, really busy. So, um, to be honest with you, I haven't kept up with the Blue Jackets a lot this year because of that job because I've been extremely busy, like I said. But, you know, despite that, you know, I love the way that Boone Jenner's playing. 22 goals, 19 points, 41 assists. I got to love that. And, you know, this team is nine games out of a – or nine points out of a playoff spot right now. And, you know, I would say, well, you know, maybe this team might have the potential to make a playoff run. But, you know, with the, with the defensive woes this team has and, you know, the fact that they're having to play guys like, you know, Daniil Tarasov and uh, Juan Francois Berube in, in, goal, in goal right now, you know, I got to – I don't really like the chances of that happening. Uh, you know, Patrick Laine, he's coming on strong. He's getting hot lately. You got to love that. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, I just want to, you know, I want to get your, you know, thoughts on all that as well as, you know, what you think of rookies like, uh, Yegor Chanikov and, um, Cole Sillinger this year. Um, do you think they've, you know, fulfilled your expectations for this season? And, um, you know, what do you think they could be going forward? You know, again, it's good, great to call up to the show, Bob, always good to talk to you. Um, and I do plan to start calling to the show more often, and, you know, again, if it, it feels good, you know, this, this job's kept me really busy. And, you know, I know I've been a fixture on the show in the past. And, um, you know, I plan to be that again at some point. But, you know, this is it's good to talk to you, Bob. Look forward to you addressing my questions. Thank you. Well, Cameron, thanks for the warning that you're going to be a part of the show. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Good to have you back. Yeah, I, I, I was worried. I was worried because there's usually lots of questions from Cameron. And I hadn't heard from him in uh, quite some time. But, uh now we know why. So I'm glad you got a job. I'm glad you're working hard. I'm glad it's going well for you. But let me get to your questions. Uh, Sillinger and Chinikoff are going to be big parts of this team in the future. And it's going to be more in the near future. I'm, Sillinger already is a big part of this. I know he's bounced around. He's gone from top-line center to fourth-line center and all over the map. But that's that's part of what it is. For an 18-year-old that's on a team that's finding its identity and, you know, one night might be good doing one thing and the next night might be good doing another thing. He's played on the power play. He's played on the penalty kill. He's getting a lot of experience. It's going to be really big for him. Chinikov sat last night in favor of Emil Bemstrom. I got to be honest. I, I don't get that. I know Brad Larson said it was a coach's decision and I, I hate to question his decision, but I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Like if, if Bemstrom's shot slides over the line in the third period last night, then there's an argument that you could make with me that that was the right move to put him in. But look, I just like what Chinikov does. I think his shot's better. I think it's more accurate. I think he battles harder. I think he's, I think he's got more hockey IQ. Um, and, and he's a rookie. He's a 20 year old rookie and, and Bemstrom's in his third year and he still has yet to wow me. He still has yet to do it. I've said it before, I'll say it again. He had a hat trick last year, he got two goals, and it was like they had to beg him to shoot the puck the third time, like he was afraid that if he shot it, he wasn't going to score anyway. Just the confidence factor. I love the kid, he's a good kid, I love talking to him. It drives me insane that the confidence factor does not seem to be there when he's on the ice. That That's my opinion, that's how I see it. It drives me nuts, because I want to go to him and say, you're such a good guy. Why don't you just believe in yourself why don't you pretend it's the Swedish hockey league or, or just shoot the puck put it in whatever I've heard about your great shot the first year you got put under a lot of pressure I get it it's now the third year 
It's now the third year, and you're almost lucky to get a chance to get into the lineup here. So when you do, make something happen. So last night, he almost makes something happen. But that's a big word, almost. Almost. There's a whole list of people that could say, I almost did blank, right? I almost got a job in Major League Baseball. I almost got an NHL job years before I did, but I didn't. So there's a lot of almosts. But Chinikov's going to be really good for this team. I I, I feel that. I've seen it. It is, um, I think that's a no-brainer. Now, Cameron, one thing I will take issue with you on is, you know, to say, <laughs> look, it's not ideal when you have to get to your fourth goalie in the system. I get it. I understand that. But Daniil Tarasov and Jean-Francois Berube have been far from problems. They have been good. They have been worthy additions to this team. I wonder if Berube would have played last night, what would have happened? I do. I wonder that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm wondering. It's just, so that that part, so Cameron, that part, I'm, I'm like, just don't don't talk to me about the goalies. Those two goalies aren't a problem. It's a team that has taken a step back, so it can take two steps forward. I get all of that. The young guys are developing. I think this team's ahead of schedule. I think it is. I think where they are is better than where they probably should be, probably better than where they thought they would be during the offseason. I don't know if any front office person would say to you, I didn't think it would be that close at this juncture of the year. They probably wouldn't, even if they felt that way. If, even, if I felt that way, if I was a GM or assistant GM and I was asked by me, I'd never say it. I'd be like, absolutely, I knew it would be here. You know, because that's that's a confidence thing. And that's what you want to project, and that's what you want your players and your coaches to believe. So, whatever. But in all honesty, I don't know if they thought they would be here. You know, it's good for them. They're, they're ahead of schedule. They're ahead of schedule. How does that affect the draft and all that? We can get into that. We can, we can break that down and, and beat it to death. But Yarmo Kekalainen told Aaron Portsline something, not this past Sunday, but the previous Sunday in his column. And that was about... Um, you want to keep a winning culture. And I read that and I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a great point. We can all talk about dropping back and being terrible and being in the lottery for the first overall pick. That's easy to say, and it's hard to do. And who's done it? Have the Edmonton Oilers won a cup since they got Connor McDavid? They have not. Did the Buffalo Sabres solve all their problems when they tanked and they got Jack Eichel? No, they created more problems. Problems that they hope they finally have cleared up by trading Jack Eichel. Those are just two examples. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees if you bottom out, you're going to get the top pick. There's no guarantee that it's going to be make such an impact. Listen, everybody wants to go, and I'm guilty of this too. When I say everybody, I'm on the list. But everybody wants to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were bad for years. The Penguins were bad enough to get Marc-Andre Fleury, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby. And I haven't even mentioned Latang. Okay. They were bad enough to get all of that. That took years of bad. The Chicago Blackhawks took years of bad to get Taze and Kane. Didn't happen overnight. Didn't happen with one guy. So that whole not losing the winning culture that you have around an organization, I think that's important. I've been here when there wasn't a winning culture. 
you probably were in the stands when there wasn't a winning culture. And you'll agree with me when I say it sucks. So from that standpoint, I get it. But I think they're ahead. I think they're ahead of where they thought they would be. That's, that's my opinion. I think that's where they are. And I think it's been good. And whoever they've had to use in whatever role, for the most part, that player has, has filled that role. And they found a way to do it. So that's where I am on that. All right, if you're on Twitter Spaces and you want to be on the show, all you have to do is request to be on, as Jordan has done. So let's go to Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hey, it's good to see you, Bob. You know, um, my question was, should that hit from Sam Bennett on Cole Sillinger should have been suspendable instead of taking the charging penalty um, from the game against the Panthers? Well, it should have been looked at for sure. I mean, it was um, – he took a big run at him. Took a huge run at him. It was a frustration run. I mean, that's a team that they couldn't do anything the entire night. And then all of a sudden, you get uh, Cole Sillinger that has the puck, and he's shooting for an empty net, and he gets run over. But, Jordan, I have a bigger problem with all of that, to be honest with you. Cole Sillinger, it's not the first time he's been run this year. He's 18 years old. He's the youngest guy in the league, the whole nine yards. Why is there not any physical response to that? Why doesn't somebody just go up and punch Sam Bennett right in the face? Why doesn't somebody right, do something exactly. about that? I That drives me nuts. And, yes, I'm an old dinosaur that came from that era of the game, but, my goodness, when, when you're if I'm another team watching that, I'm saying, well, we can hit that kid all we want because nobody's going to do anything about it. That's a problem for me. That part of it's a problem for me. Right. I mean, you know, I think even with uh, some of the calls, I think Brad Larson should have challenged that uh, that hit there because it looked like it was a shoulder-to-head hit. When I looked at the replay, watching on YouTube, I mean, it made me just wonder, how did Cole Cylinder not get knocked out so cold he would have been out for the remainder of the, you know, the match? Well, he's got to take he's got to take some responsibility, too. He's got to watch because he shifted right before Bennett got there, and, that, and that's... So in all fairness, he's got to – and that's learning the league too. I mean, he, he kind of opened himself up a little bit more than than was necessary on that. I, I, I hate to say that, but you only learn by doing, and he learned the hard way on that one. Right. I mean, you got a, you got a good contributor to your team like Jenner and uh, Bjorkstrand. You know, always been a contributor to the team just like Jenner has. What, uh, what chemistry has both Whitey and Knight was done with Jenner, you know, as a as – a, as passing the puck around and, you know, getting the puck to the net. Well, I mean, Gus Nyquist is just a smart player. I mean, he he controls play when he has the puck on his stick. He's just, he's he's very intelligent with the way that he looks at the game and he approaches the game. Patrick Laine is as well, but Gus knows what his role is there. Look, if you can get the puck to Patrick in a good spot, he's going to shoot it because he is the shooter on the line. And you know Boone Jenner is going to be near the front of the net. So it's it's pretty easy to to figure out, I think, you know, especially when you're Gus. You've, you're trying to control play. You're trying to distribute the puck. Uh, if you get a chance to shoot, of course you're going to do that. But in the big scheme of things, he knows he, he's kind of uh, orchestrating and building on his side. Patty's going to be shooting when he gets the opportunity, and Boone's going to be there to clean up the garbage in front and try to turn it into a goal. So I, that's the way I look at that line, and I just I, I can break it down that simply. No, exactly. I mean, you got, like, some of the good guys. You know, I never got to see Carson Meyer playing in the uh, NHL, like, uh, debut. Has he been more with the Monsters lately, or do you think he's trying to maybe 
get evaluated from the monsters. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's in the he's league. in the American Hockey League, and he's um, you know you're evaluated every day when you play in that league, not only by your own team but by the other 31 teams. They, they scout you, so uh, he's there. They brought him up uh, in Buffalo uh, when they weren't sure if Line was going to be able to play in that one game, and Line could play, so they sent him back down. So he's just yeah, he's just working to just working to get better and to get that opportunity. That's all. That's what I think about it. You know, I hate to see Tarasov get hurt for six months. I mean, what? How do you feel like for Ter- like for Barume being the best backup for Merzlikas, even after last night's loss? I mean, how do you how do you see that like that chemistry with both um, players and you know interacting with the uh, with Barume as they as they continue on throughout the remainder of the uh, regular season? The players respect J.F. Barube. Players understand his journey. They understand he waited four years between starts in the National Hockey League. They appreciate his work ethic. They appreciate his personality. They appreciate him as a teammate. They play for him. They work hard for him. They want him to succeed. And the chemistry with him in net or with him being on this team, even if it's a, a third goalie because Corpusalo's around. He's on the injured reserve right now, but but he's here. Right. But Jean-Francois Barube's presence is a plus, not a minus for this group of players. I'll tell you that. Exactly. I mean, you know, you're you're looking at the team as building a chemistry level where you could build them to keep thing, you know, producing. Even during practices, I'd love to see them, you know, contribute more as they as they continue on tomorrow night, because I mean, hey, me and a couple of buddies of mine, we're going to be over at Nationwide Arena tomorrow night for uh, hockey is for everyone. I thought this was going to be a fun turnout. Absolutely, good. I'm glad you're going to be there. The New Jersey Devils will be there. It's going to be nationally televised on ESPN Plus, so it, it should be a fun night. It should be a good night. I hope you enjoy yourself. Ah, uh, I will. You know, honestly, I wouldn't mind you know helping you out in the booth if you ever needed the help. <laughs> Are you I saying? Like are, are you saying I need help? Is that what you're saying, Jordan? You feel you, I need you ever help? Need the extra hand. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always here. Appreciate Even it. when Jody's not there, I'll, I'll say, "Hey, Jody, <laughs> I'll give I'll give you some help." <laughs> yeah. Just, well, thank you for the offer, Jordan. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on today. Oh, no problem. See you tomorrow tonight, man. All right, sounds good. Enjoy yourself uh, tomorrow at Nationwide Arena when the Blue Jackets take on the New Jersey Devils. And that should be good. It's another division game. New Jersey has been up and down, hot and cold throughout the course of the year. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Let's go back to Twitter spaces. Greg is patiently waiting to be on the show. Greg, now is your time. Hey, Bob. Thank you. Um, Remember when, I think there was two seasons ago, when everybody on the jacket squad was getting injured. It was like they were, it was hot potato with strains and breaks and so on. And, I think that was two seasons ago. It ever was. Since, okay. So ever since then, and maybe it, maybe I'm crazy, it just seems like Corpusalo and Corpy get injured a lot. And I don't, again, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm off the mark here, but is there something to that? Like these two guys, I, I just don't ever remember a goalie tandem getting injured as much as these two guys do. Well, you, you said you don't know if you're crazy. I don't know if you're crazy because I don't know you personally. Maybe you are. But in this case, in this case, um, no, you're, you're, reading, you're reading the room. They've been hurt a lot. They really have. And but, go ahead. I was going to say, like, what, what do you, 
what, what would you trace that back to? Like, is that strength and conditioning? Is that, uh, you know, are they overexerting out on the ice? Is it too much practice time? I don't know. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Some of it's bad luck, so, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I look at... I look at Elvis over the last three years, and it seems like he gets to about the 30-game mark, and then I don't know if it's fatigue. Um, I don't know if he just needs a break. I, I'm not I'm not sure what it is, but it, it seems like a pattern over the last couple of years once it right. gets to around that 30-game mark. And, and that concerns me because, well, because there are 82 games in a season, and 30 is basically a third of it. And you've got to, again, maybe it's just bad luck. Maybe it's, I, I wouldn't say anything if it wasn't repeated. You know what I mean, Greg? Yeah. It, it, it's there. It's like there's a, a trail of evidence. It's not like it happened one time and all of a sudden you sit there and you go, wow, this guy can't play a whole season. He can't do this. That. I mean, I, I don't know, but there's, there, there is something there and I'm not sure exactly what it is again when you're playing you st he's still making adjustments here like he's been here three years so everybody thinks he's adapted to everything but you're playing over there in switzerland it, it's different not just the ice surface the schedule and the all of the stuff you know this is a grind this is a real big grind and i hope it's not just a simple thing of fatigue after about 30 games because that's that's not good um but again sometimes it's um you know, sometimes it has to do with conditioning, and you're not even. Sometimes you don't even realize that there was a problem until there's an issue. So I'm I'm not saying that they're training wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, that the medical trainers are missing something and the strength guys are missing something. I'm not saying that at all. I I think in in many cases, and I, especially with Corpusalo, I think it happens to be a lot of bad luck. And you know, with injuries with any player in any sport, sometimes that's that's just a case that sometimes that's the biggest contributing factor, quite frankly. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Thank you. But you're right. But they missed a lot. They missed. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. They missed, they missed too much. They missed too much. I mean, look, you're on, as I said earlier, JF Barube is the fourth string goalie. He's a guy that wasn't even under contract coming into camp. They brought him in on a tryout and then they signed him. Thank goodness. So you have to have depth. So from that standpoint, let me say this. That's a great signing to get Barube. It is. It's smart. You invite him in. You let him prove himself. You sign him to a contract. Now he's really contributed for you at the NHL level, not just the American Hockey League level. Um, you know, Tarasov, you already knew he was part of the depth chart. It's unfortunate that he has the hip injury and he has to have surgery, and now he's done for the year and he'll be rehabbing through the summer. That stinks because I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Six foot five, athletic, covers everything. Sky's the limit. He's going to be the starting goalie here. I, I cannot see at this moment. I cannot see a, a scenario where he does not become the starting goaltender here at some point in the future. And you could say, well, Elvis has a five year contract. How's that going to work? And I can say, well, I just told you about that thirty game mark. He's got to find a way to power through all that stuff, right? It'll come down to a competition someday. It's not going to be, obviously not today. It's not going to be opening day next year, more than likely. But at some point, it's going to happen. At some point, those two are going to have to square off and may the best man win. Very simple. So, 
whenever that is, it is. But I just, I cannot see him not with, well, <laughs> we're talking about injuries. Maybe, maybe that's it. You know, if he if he can't stay healthy, that's a totally different issue. But if he's healthy, I just can't see where he doesn't supplant everyone and anyone to be the starter on this team at some point. When he's ready, it's not now, when he's ready. And again, if you think that's a bad thing, it's not. At that position, you have to have guys push one another. You have to have guys that want to outplay the other guy. You know, when Elvis came into that game last night, he just watched Barube go 3-1. and one. He hadn't played in 10 days. You better play well. And for most of that game, he did. Pressure. Competitiveness. The desire to be the man in that position. That's what you have to have. And when you have two guys that want it, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It really doesn't. I can't believe we've gotten to this point and not one person has brought up the Sidney Crosby goal from last night. Not one. I can't believe nobody has requested to come on and ask about it. I've got no emails about it. However, I do have this tweet from Brad Bird. Brad says, when do the officials get reviewed? Because that was the worst call last night. High-profile teams always seem to get the calls. Brad, the officials get reviewed all of the time. All of the time. And remember, when you have a call like last night, it's not just the guys on the ice. They have the iPads. But they're also talking to the Situation Room. And they're going over things. So it is a... Group effort. It's a group effort. Donald wants to come on. I feel like Donald just felt challenged when I said nobody's asked me about the Crosby goal. Am I right, Donald? Did I did I make you feel challenged, or is this something else? No, I've kind of gotten tired of arguing about that on online already, and I thought I would actually tag along with the the goalie talk if you don't mind. Okay, no, you can do whatever you want. You were arguing about this online, really? Well, not arguing. You know, yes, you were. Don't lie. You know, I, I like to drop a comment and then and then hightail it. Oh, you like to you anymore. like to do a Costanza, do you? Yeah, okay. I'm out. I don't have time for that. Anyhow, <laughs> all right, go ahead. No, nah, man, I I I think it's a very simple, quick question with with the way Bruby has had performed, and you know, I, I have nothing against Elvis, and I want the best for him. But you're the coach today. Who's in that tomorrow night? Oh, well, on the spot. I know, I know, I know. If I'm the coach yeah. today, it's Elvis. Okay. It's Elvis. I mean, he's still he's still my guy. And I hesitated because, and you know this, you already picked up on it. That's why you said that, that's why you said what you said. Because my first inkling is to go Brube. It is. Um, but but that's not when you're talking about here's what changes the whole thing, Donald. When you say if you're the coach, okay, like this is, th- there's a long-term aspect in this too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't play Elvis tomorrow, what, what are you saying to Elvis? I, I think you screwed up that last play, and now you're not going to play, and I'm going to play this guy instead. Um, you know, I, I think you have to show the confidence to go back to him. It's the Devils. Uh, 
I'm not I'm not discounting them. I know anybody can win on any given night. I know Jack Hughes is a good player. Nico Heischer is a good player. I get all that. I understand all that. But, you know, I, I think you put him back in there and you let him. He didn't play for 10 days. And then he plays and then things go awry. And I I, I would, as a coach, I think you got to put him back in. I, I think Barube gets back in when you play the back-to-back games later in the week. That's fair, and especially with the back-to-back games. I guess I was more of the mindset not saying anything bad about Elvis, but like kind of reassuring Barube that that we value what he's done for us lately. Yeah, but you don't you don't know. Yeah, but here here's what here's what JF knows, because um, he's been around long enough. He sure. knows he knows they value. You don't need to do that for him because he understands his role here. The starter is healthy again. The starter's going to play, and he's going to play the bulk of the minutes. And, and he knows that. So I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just want to point out to you that if it was a younger goalie, maybe you need to worry about that. But from a psychological standpoint, Berube knows exactly where he is. He knows he's going to be called upon at some point. He's going to be ready when they call his number. It's, it's very simple. But I, I would even think that he would not expect to start tomorrow. Now, watch what happens. He'll start in tomorrow's game. I'll look totally stupid. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, when you ask me from a coaching standpoint, you know, if I want – got to build confidence in somebody, and that somebody is more than likely going to be my starter who's got a five-year deal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, JF, you've done great. We love having you here. We're going to get you back in again. This Not today. And as for you, you need to get in there and stay in the crease and make the <laughs> saves and stay on your feet Quit flopping around and just play the game. If I was a coach, okay. that's a, that's that's the conversation I would have as the coach in front of the both of them. And that's why I listen to you every week because you you know your goalies <laughs> and you know your hockey. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I mean, uh, <laughs> nobody knows goalies, Donald. Nobody knows them. They're all nuts. Well, if anybody knows them, the father of oh, but I that, that I, helps. Listen, Come. I listen. I I just told somebody this earlier today, and it is totally different. My son played, he did not play above the high school level. He did not, okay? But the style of play that I watched from the time he played mites, peewees, squirts, the whole nine yards was that. It was, hey, I want to try and score a goal. Hey, I'm going to hit somebody because I have all this equipment on. Hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And the style of play I watch and I understand a lot. And believe me, there were many car rides where I was like, what were you doing out of the goal? Just stay right. there. Just Can you just be calm? Can you just calm it down one time? Can you just make the save? Do you have to get out there and try to put the body on people? You know, we had that talk a long time. So, yes, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not an expert. The only little bit of expertise I draw from that is I'm telling you, the style and the all over the place I watched, for my whole life as a father, I'll tell you that. That, sure. that yeah. looks that looks the same. And I don't and that wasn't in the National Hockey League. So there you go. Take that for what it's worth. How about that, Donald? That sounds good. So all right. with with the call, yes. With with initiating the contact and, and all the controversy, is it in the rule book from what you've heard from everybody that you're around, when when you're trying to actively make the save and not actually do what Elvis has been known to do before, which is initiate contact. It looked to me like he was trying to make a save up high. So where is that? What what do you understand about that ruling? Well, the, the, first of all, here's, here's my problem with it when it comes to the league. All right. 
the referee comes on the mic, and this is why they will say we don't like the referees making the announcements because if they don't say it right, then it looks bad on us. And But listen, the referee comes on the microphone and says that, um, what did he say? Oh, the goalie initiated the contact, right? Just what you said. That's what he uh-huh. said. I'm getting so confused because they're like three different things. So he says the goalie initiated the contact. Okay, got that. Then we get the email from the league after the fact, which we most times do, not always, but most times do. And the explanation says, after video review, it was determined that the incidental contact between Sidney Crosby and Elvis Merzlikens occurred in the white ice and therefore did not constitute goaltender interference. So that's kind of a different explanation than the referee said. And then there was yet another one uh, where after the game, I heard that uh, the words incidental contact were thrown out there. So that's three different things, Donald. So this, this is where it gets really cloudy, right? So now you got, yeah. okay, so what is it? But there's a fourth thing that nobody said, and nobody would say it, but I'll say it to you right now. You want to hear it? Let's go. Sidney Crosby scored the goal. Are you going to take that off the board when Sidney Crosby scored the goal? Not today, then, H.O. No, they're not. And and it's and you can take that however you want to take it. And I'm not whining about it. I'm not crying about it. Being a realist, you're probably not going to get that goal overturned. Now, I've watched it over and over today, and I have some questions about it. They say the contact was made outside the crease, which it was. Somebody would say... Well, his back foot was in the crease. Yeah, his back foot was right. in the crease because he slid through the crease to get to where he was, all right? And also watch Sidney Crosby and tell me, and I'm not defending. I'm breaking down the play. So before people get all ticked off, just listen. Watch Crosby and tell me what else he was supposed to do on that play. He's trying to lean back and almost get out of the way. He doesn't reach up with his glove and try to bat the puck down. He doesn't get his stick up there and do that. He is, he's got Roslovic with a pressure from behind. He actually looks like he's trying to somewhat get out of the way. Well, the, the puck's like head high. That'll, that'll make you flinch, right? And, um, and then there's a couple of things about it from Elvis's standpoint for me. Number one, you're standing. You're not down in a butterfly position. You're not on your knees. You're standing. If you are standing and you know how tall you are and you know where the crossbar comes on your back, if your arm is fully extended, wouldn't that tell you this puck is not going in the net? It's high, and it might have been wide. Why do you need to catch that puck right there? Why? Why not just let it go off the glass, let it drop behind the net, and let Crosby go back there and fish it out and try to set up something else? But if you are going to get your arm up, and if you are going to get the puck in the glove, squeeze it. He dropped it. He had it. He dropped it. And he dropped it right at the feet of one of the most prolific scorers in the history of the game. And a guy that is extremely good with the control of his stick. And Jack Rossovic can say, yeah, I, you know, I should have taken his stick away. Well, good luck. It's not a given against Sidney Crosby. It's never a given against him. So just looking at the whole thing, it... <laughs> It, it has so many levels, has so many levels to it. 
Because the next level is, should you have challenged it? And during the game last night, I was like, ah, well, you challenge it. I guess you got to challenge this because worst case scenario is uh, they're still ahead. But if it happens to come off, it wasn't going to come off. We all knew it wasn't going to come off. Again, the Crosby factor is part of it. And now, because it doesn't come off, you're shorthanded. You only have a little over two minutes left. Should you have just gone five on five, pulled the goalie, and tried to go six on five and tie it? I mean, so many levels. It gets so complicated so quickly. Really, really quickly. Donald, thank you for your uh, questions and your comments today. Let's go to Ryan. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good. How are you, Bob? Good. Hey, I just wanted to – let's just go ahead and assume for trades right now that Domi and Roslovic are gone. Um, Would you say that it's a uh, good idea to maybe bring up a guy like Josh Dunn or maybe even Kevin Fenlin and just have them say, here's the fourth line? learn what Corrali does, learn what Boone Jenner does, and you have the whole season on that line just to kind of, you know, learn learn from them? Yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea. Although, of the two guys that you mentioned, I would only bring one of them because one's had his opportunity and he can't stick. True. And I say that as though I don't like Kevin Stenland, but that's not the case. I like him very much. But he's... Got a huge body. He's got a great shot. And he can't stay in the National Hockey League because he can't figure it out. And he's had years to figure it out. So, to me, that ship has sailed. If you want to do that with Josh Dunn, if you want to put him on the fourth line, I mean, he played here a little bit last year. And it was it was good and bad, as you would expect with a young kid coming out of college. Uh, if you want to do that with him, you can certainly get away with doing it. I, I haven't looked at his numbers in Cleveland lately to see what he's been doing there, but... You know, he's a big-bodied guy, and <laughs> there are worse guys to learn from than Boone Jenner and Sean Corrali. I'll tell you that. That's, that's a good call that you make. Just the work ethic and watching how they carry themselves, there's a lot to be learned there for a young player. I agree. And I don't know. I, I mean, now, you know, Texier's name's out there now. Um, you know, Roslovic, he's come up with a couple of good games in two of the last three. A- again, I've said about Roslovic, my only thing with him is – it's easy to say, oh, this is over. It's ah, oh, this was this was a great idea and a great story with this homecoming, but uh just not. I mean, do you bail on him so quickly? He's still a young guy. And he does play the I center position. Think I would. Yeah. Yeah, I know that that's where the whole thing is. I to me, I I would have to look at if somebody wants him, what are you gonna give me for him? I'm not just dumping him, you know? True. I have no centerman, and he's playing center. And he's, he's played well the last couple of games especially. So if your price is going up because of that, we can talk. Or if you're going to give me something that I don't expect to get in exchange for him, we can talk. But I, I'm that's a trigger I'm not quick to pull. The Max Domi thing, I think, is, uh, look, Max is a great guy in the whole nine yards, but he makes a lot of money. Um, you know, when he was brought here, everybody assumed he was going to play center. He's not playing center. He's playing on the wing. Uh, he had, I think he had the least amount of ice time last night. In the game, I think Jody Shelley has said this to me, and I and I agree with him. The more I watch Max play, I think Max has a chance to be a really good player on a really good team, uh, because all of a sudden, you know, if he's playing for a, a Toronto or Pittsburgh or Carolina or something like that, he's automatically a third or fourth line guy. That's what he is. He's not, and I think here, I, I don't mean to speak for him, but I could see if there would be disappointment where you're not able to crack the top six on this team. But if you get on a, a team like that, that's going in the playoffs and is built to go deep in the playoffs, 
you're going to understand what your role is. You're going to be around some really good players and, and have a chance to make some good things happen. So that's, I, I think that one, I think that one's a no brainer either way, to be honest with you, Ryan. Yeah, I agree with you there. So, uh, with Kevin Spenlin being out and maybe a Josh Dunn coming up, is there any other guy, obviously besides Dixie, that you would maybe think about bringing up? Well, um, listen, here's the other thing. What's going to happen when Michigan season's over and Ken Johnson comes in here? Like, he's played wing in college, played wing in the Olympics. They're still saying they see him as a centerman. Are they going to throw him right into the National Hockey League and, and put him in the middle? And give him that opportunity? I don't know. Are they going to look at it late in the year to see if if what they think is something that could possibly happen? Or are they going to ease him in and put him on the wing? I don't know. Uh, Texier. Texier doesn't go anywhere. He's going to come back and play in the middle, right? You're, we're forgetting here. You're talking about bringing guys in and stuff. Eric Robinson and Alexander Texier are still both out of the lineup. They've got to come back in. They're forgetting. Yeah, yeah. When, well, when they're gone for long periods, you do forget. And when you've got guys, quite honestly, like Brendan Gantz and Justin Jan- Danforth playing the way that they have, it's easy to forget about the guys that are out of the lineup and not that have to come back in, right? So right. there's still more bodies there than you're accounting for. So we'll, we'll just have to see. You know, March 21st is going to be interesting. That's a travel day for us. We go to Pittsburgh to play on the 22nd. Normally, when we leave on a trip, it's pretty standard. The flights are either at 2 o'clock or 2.30. That flight's at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, Pittsburgh's close. That makes it easy. But you know why that flight's at five. You got to figure out who's going to be on it and who's not and who might be meeting you there. You just don't know. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it as well. Blue Jackets getting set to take on the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night. Hockey is for everyone night. And then the big night, the really big night, is coming up on Saturday when the Bruins are in town. And it is Rick Nash, number retirement night. By the way, if you're coming to that game, I'm going to tell you right now, the gates open at 5, be in your seat at 5.30, not 6.30, 5.30. Mark it down. Put it in your phone. Notification text. Be in your seat 5.30 Saturday for that number retirement. The number 61 will go to the rafters. Let's bring Noah on through uh, Twitter spaces today for this Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. Presented by Telhio Credit Union. Hi, Noah. Bobby Mack, can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Fantastic. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for doing this on Twitter Spaces. My CBJ fandom has really helped me with this social media thing, getting it off to speed. I missed about the first 25 minutes of the show, so pardon me if I'm asking something that's already been answered. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you about what your thoughts are on this team as it stands today and uh, what it's going to look like going forward. Uh, I want to remind you and the fan base that I was the one on November 8th who said I would be shocked and disappointed if this team did not finish with a winning record. That was back when they were seven and three. Uh, you know, when they later in the month when they were 12 and six, I was double, almost doubling down on that comment. But unfortunately, since then, you know, Jan- December and January, six and 15, not looking too hot. But I mean, since then, as we all know, it's been really good over the past couple weeks. I mean, this whole month. And so I just want to know, and now we have more data. Essentially, I'm asking the same question that I asked back in November. Um, is is this team for real? What are we going to expect going forward? Are we going to see more of what's happened recently? 
or are we going to revert back to what was happening in December and January? Um, or, I mean, does this hot streak look different than the hot streak in November? Um, and, I mean, I, just basically what, what I have seen in the past couple of weeks, it looks like if this team plays the way they're supposed to play, which it looks like they have been doing, like I think they can beat the teams they're supposed to beat and steal some from the teams that, you know, they maybe on paper don't look as good against. Uh, so what are your thoughts on all of that? You know, I was going to interrupt you a couple of times just to help you out, and then I got to the point where I just wanted to see how much you could talk and go on before you let me get in. So that was very entertaining. I appreciate that, Noah. I'm not, I'm used to doing the voice memo thing where I just talk for two minutes straight. So pardon me there. I'm... <laughs> it's all fun. It's all good. I appreciate it. Um, I think, yeah, look, I'm pretty happy too because back at the beginning of the season, I said this team is not going to be as bad as people on the outside think it's going to be. It may not be good enough to make the playoffs, but I expect them to be in the hunt and they're going to be there. And even at the end, if they're pushing, it won't surprise me. So like you were saying, I, I feel like I'm on track with my preseason prediction for this group. Um, what's it going to look like from here on out is a great question. I do think what's going on now is different than what was going on at the beginning of the season, and I'll tell you why I think it's different. I think at the beginning, it was just it was all new. It's new coaches. There's some new players. There's new systems. There's Everything is new, and you're just you're, you're happy to be back. People are back in the building. Let's not forget that. See, now we're spoiled again where we've forgotten about, well, maybe you didn't, but all last year there were no people for the most part. And, and now everybody was back in the building, so there was a lot of energy. So you're just having fun. You're enjoying the fact that life is kind of coming back and then you're you're doing your job and you've got all these new things and you're just loving life. And they're winning like that. And then they go through the stretch that you just talked about where they were just not good. And they were really tested. And here's another thing that I have said, and I said this when the team was 12-6. and six. I said this team is going to face adversity, and when they do face the adversity, then we're going to find out exactly what they are all about. And for a while, it was looking like they're all about not what we thought that they were, not what they were, not how they came out of the gate. And then they turned it back around. So they faced their adversity. They went through their adversity. And now they're playing well again. And... I think it's different because now they we spent so much time, you know, as broadcasters saying they've got to learn who they are. They've got to they they can't play to their identity until they learn what their identity is. They know now. The Florida game said to me they know what they are. They know how they have to play. They did it without Zach Wierenski, and they were great. They were great defensively. They were great in shutting down a high-powered offensive team. So they know what they are. They know how they have to play, and they've been doing that for the most part. Even last night, they hold it to a one-goal game against Pittsburgh. Those games can get out of hand quickly. Look at the last time they played them. 5-2 to two was the final. It, it was a close game, and then all of a sudden it wasn't a close game. Okay? So they are, yeah, this is, this is different. So where are they going to be at the end? Now, that's the trickiest part of your question, Noah, because it is going to change at the trade deadline. How is it going to change? How drastically? I don't know. Um, what's going to happen when guys come in at the end of the year? How are they going to react? What's the chemistry going to be like then? What is, uh, you know, the young players that have never played in the league before, what are those adjustments going to be? So that part, I, I don't know. That's going to be the fascinating thing to wait and see. But I will say this. 
I think by the time we get to that point where those guys start coming in near the end, um, they have to fit into a group that is already established. Whereas at the beginning of the year, anybody coming in, that really didn't qualify because last year was so terrible. Everything about last year was so terrible. And then there were so many guys gone. Like when you came in, you were coming in, everybody was starting on the ground floor. But now, if you're coming in at the end of the year, if you're coming in, let's say they trade for somebody and he comes in or the guy comes in out of college at the end of the year, you're not coming in on the ground floor. you got to jump to the third floor right away because these guys are already established. So I think that's what the biggest difference is with the team now as opposed to what it was then. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. And it, it, you mentioned a lot of different personnel changes. It's almost like these guys that have that got injured like around the end of the terrible streak. It's almost like you want to put them back in to disrupt what's going on. I'm, I mean, but even over this streak, there's been a lot of different changes. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there is an overall identity now uh, that going forward, regardless of who they're putting in, they're just going to be expected to play the way they've been playing. Um, yeah, that's that's the great thing about it, quite honestly. And and here's let me just. Let me just say this to your point. Gabriel Carlson doesn't play for a long time. Zach Wierenski gets hurt. Gabe has to go into the lineup in Florida. All right, daunting task. He hasn't played in a while. He's just practiced. He's just gone through individual workouts. Now he's got to play against this team who can skate circles around most everybody. And not only mm -hmm. does he play well, he even ends up getting a goal in the game. So to your point, exactly what you're saying, there are expectations now. If you're going to come in and be a part of this, you have to meet those expectations. At the beginning of the year, there weren't any. Now there are, and that's a good thing. Yes, sir. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I clear that all up. I cleared that up. I could. You could now relax for the rest of the day. I, I think so. At least until <laughs> at least until next week. Yeah. All right. All right. That's fair. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on today. Uh, again, we're on Twitter Space is live. If you want to get on. Uh, you can do that. I know it's CBJ and 30, and I also know it's almost been an hour, but who cares? We can do whatever we want. That's the beauty of this. We can do whatever we want. So uh, if you want to get on, just request to be a speaker. I, you know, I haven't told you about Telhio Credit Union after all this time, almost an hour into it, but those people, they're great people, and they're mostly great because they bring you this show two times a week. I mean, how, you can't be greater than that, right? But you know that's... I'm serious, but I'm a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But the thing is, they are great about taking care of their customers, and they've done that for a long, long time. And a question that is very easy to ask is, well, why do I need to join a credit union when I'm already in a, I have my money in a bank? The answer to that question is so many more you can find by going to tellhio.org. Check out their website. Uh, look at the things that they offer you, personal banking, business banking, the whole nine yards. You can find your answers there. And if you can't find something specific that you're looking for, you don't even have to call. You don't have to stop by. Those are always options, no doubt. But there's a live chat uh, button that you can push on the side of the screen, and somebody will pop right up on your screen, and they'll uh, help to answer your questions. It's so easy. It's just another way that they take care of their customers oh so well. Telhio Credit Union is open to everyone in Central and Southwestern Ohio, and they are federally insured by NCUA. So, again, the Blue Jackets in the midst of a homestand here, five-game homestand. They got that first game out of the way last night. The New Jersey Devils are here tomorrow. Hockey is for everyone night at Nationwide Arena. The game gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. By the way, just a little tidbit for you. If you're coming to the game tomorrow, get in your seat early. And I mean like at 7 o'clock. 
because this game is on ESPN+. Plus. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. We notice it because we set up our broadcast formats, but normally the puck drops at 7.08. Normally, on a regular 7 o'clock game, by the time you come on the air and you set things up and you do the player introductions and the anthem and the whole nine yards, 7.08 is when the puck drops. ESPN Plus broadcast, 7.05. So don't think you have three more minutes to get that beer in the concourse. You do not. Get it early and get in your seat for the game at 7.05 tomorrow night against the Devils. And then uh, the Blue Jackets will uh, continue the homestand as we go uh, later in the week. And, it again, this uh, this night on Saturday is going to be something else with the uh, Rick Nash jersey retirement. It is going to be something. Uh, you got the Kings here on Friday. Excuse me. got the Kings here Friday just before that 7 o'clock game on Friday night against the Kings. And then you got that game against the Bruins on Saturday night. The game, the game itself, it's listed at seven. It's gonna, it will start late because this is gonna be a, a good ceremony, a long ceremony, um, and a worthwhile ceremony honoring Rick Nash and his achievements in the National Hockey League and the the great things he did as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So Saturday night, the ceremony begins at five thirty. So get into the building early, get into your seat early, and they'll do the ceremony. And um, when the ceremony's over, the players won't come out and warm up until the ceremony's over, okay? So you can you can get a snack or something. You can come in, you can watch the ceremony, and then you'll still have time to go out and get whatever you need before the game starts. So don't worry about that. But uh, 5.30, be in your seat on Saturday. I, one of the things to me that's going to be the most special about that night is it's the Bruins, which means Nick Felino's back and, and Boone Jenner's there and Rick Nash is there. And those guys are the last three captains of the Blue Jackets. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of special things going on with this. So we hope you'll be there. Hope you'll be there all week, starting tomorrow. 7 o'clock game tomorrow night, 7 o'clock game Friday night, and the Rick Nash ceremony, which starts at 5.30 on Saturday afternoon. Um, I will tell you, if you can't be there for the Nash ceremony, you'll be able to, uh, I know you'll be able to watch it on Bally Sports Ohio. Uh, we will carry it for you on the Blue Jackets radio network as well. So if you're out and about and doing things with the kids or the family or going to the store or whatever you got to do, um, you know, you'll be able to turn it on and, and uh, hear what's going on at Nationwide Arena. But uh, hopefully you'll be there to see that, to see history in the making. First ever number retired by the franchise that is coming up on Saturday night. So that's what's going on. That's what's on the schedule coming up. And uh, and I still can't believe we didn't get into more arguments about the the goal last night, whether it should have been allowed or should have been disallowed. Um, maybe I, I should have done this after the game last night. Everybody would have been way more heated. But, but I digress. Maybe I'm just looking for a fight. Maybe I'm just looking for an argument. You think? Yeah, it probably was. But I did love the discussion today. Uh, those of you that came on, thank you for coming on and, uh, and asking the questions that you did, uh, that you did and that you do. Um, so anyway, I hope that, uh, I hope that you feel comfortable with this. This format now has been a couple of weeks. See, I knew if I talk long enough, I could get somebody else to come on. I just knew it. I knew if I just, just kept talking, I would either put you to sleep or get somebody else to come on. Very simple. What I try to do. So, um, Charlie has bit. Charlie is going to come on and talk to me today. Hey, Charlie. What's going on? How are you? Good. I was wondering if you've heard anything. Excuse me. 
Still there? Charlie, you muted me. I think you know that. I think you know that you muted me. Wondering if I knew anything about what? What What are you wondering if I know anything about? Anything about anything? That would be a fair question, I guess. So, Charlie, you are muted. I'll tell you, because I thought you knew you were muted. Maybe you still do know that you're muted, but um, I don't know what happened to him there. I don't know what happened. So, I'll give him a few seconds to try to sort it out and figure it out and see uh, see where he's going from there. But, um, again, the Blue Jackets tomorrow night got this uh, game against the New Jersey Devils, and it, it, you can't take it lightly, not by any means. You cannot take it lightly. Uh, you've got to be ready to go tomorrow night. The Blue Jackets have to be on top of their game. I'm sure they will be. They want to get that win. They want to get back to their winning ways at home. It's going to be a tough weekend with uh, the Kings and the Bruins back-to-back, as I said. So, um, you know, you want to want to get that win and get things going. Let's see. Charlie had been muted. Now he's not muted. And... Uh, I don't know if we're uh, – maybe something else came up right in the middle of that. Maybe something else came up for Charlie. So, looks like it has, and that's it. Kind of ends on a, a undramatic note right there, doesn't it? It kind of it kind of ends like that game last night where, you know, I was all excited, and then I just wasn't. It's just how it works. But anyway, um, hey, thanks for being on today. It's been a lot of fun. We'll do this again uh, next week. And hopefully by that time, the Blue Jackets will want a couple of uh, will have won a couple more games, have some more points in the bank, and it is going to be a great week at Nationwide Arena. Devils tomorrow, Kings on Friday, Bruins on Saturday for the Rick Nash Number Retirement Ceremony. So mark your calendars. It is a huge week, and we want to see you out at Nationwide Arena. And if you have any questions about any games or you forget any of the information that I gave to you, you can always find it by going to bluejackets.com. That's going to do it for this Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.